0: You're listening to 3FUEL Podcast, a podcast about the most advanced sports nutrition and sports recovery product on the planet. I'm your host, Aaron Olson. For more information, go to threefuel.com. I'm here today with Brian and Aaron McKenzie to talk about the creation of 3FUEL. Brian is the mastermind and creator behind 3FUEL. Aaron is the elite rower who holds two Olympic gold medals in the women's eight plus event from the 2008 Olympic Games in Beijing and the 2012 Olympic Games in London. Brian created three feel, but Aaron is the guinea pig who tested it out to prove that it works at the elite level. How's it going, guys? Good. How are you? Aaron. Hey, it's great to talk to you guys today. Aaron, let's start with you. Tell me a little bit about your background into rowing and into sports in general. How did you get interested in uh, athletics?
1: Um, well, I had a brother that was about a year older than me, and so there wasn't really any other way. I, I tried to do whatever he was doing and keep up with him. Um, he played t-ball, so I played t-ball. He went and you know did indoor soccer league, so that's what I wanted to do and. Um, I just basically tried to compete with the boys and follow in his footsteps um, as much as, as possible. And that is how I got into sports and um, pretty much uh, stayed there because I realized once you start competing with the girls, it's a little bit easier. <laughs> <laughs> um, but still, you know, it, it obviously, you know, I've tried about just about every sport um, and I never really excelled. In anything. Um, I was always just pretty good. I had, you know, good work ethic and, uh, you know, tried really hard and, um, but it wasn't until I found rowing, um, when I started my freshman year at college at Cal Berkeley, that something really clicked over and, uh, you know, I, I attribute it to, you know, one, just being in the right time, the right place, but also the, other girls that were on the team and, and the coach that was there at the time too, just really um, knew they all knew how to, to work, not just hard, but effectively. And I, uh, you know, took off with that. And from there, you know, our team went really well. Um, We won two national championships while I was at Cal and that put me on the radar for the Olympic, uh, well, we, You don't call it the Olympic team until the month before when you actually uh, make it. But uh, the national team, the U.S. rowing team, Um, and from there, you know, it wasn't smooth sailing there either. But just stuck with it, and um, let's see, I rowed for about eight years um, on the on the U.S. team. So. Okay, um, so is
0: how, how did you get interested in rowing? Though it sounds like you didn't pick it up till college. Is it a pretty popular sport out there in California?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it, it was actually. So my dad uh, put a newspaper article on the kitchen counter. You know, my senior year in high school, I think it was in the spring um, of this girl who is a town over, um, and she she went to the, or she was training to go to the Olympics, um, and rowing. Uh, she, and I, you know, played basketball her high school was our rival high school. And I was like, no, if this girl from Turlock can do it, I can do it. Um, I had never thought of going to the Olympics, uh, otherwise or before that, but I guess just the, uh, maybe I was born competitive out of the womb, <laughs> but <laughs> just seeing that this girl was, you know, going to go to the Olympics um, in a sport, and she came from a rival high school. I was like, I'm gonna give it a try, and so that is that kind of was the um, the straw there. But um, I walked on to the Cal Berkeley team. You know, I I actually tried to contact some other coaches from other um, universities on the West Coast. I knew I didn't want to go too far away from home, um, but since then, um, rowing has actually gotten pretty darn big especially on on the west coast uh it's predominantly was the east coast sport before they have it in high school and whatnot but now it's growing even more because of title nine um which is having you have to have as many women athletes on your roster at a university as male athletes so a sport like women's rowing is a great sport to balance out big football schools.
0: You know, Aaron, it's a, it's a real privilege to talk to you because you're such an elite athlete and you've really thrown yourself into this sport. And it's, it's interesting to see um, what kind of training it takes to get to that top level. Tell me a little bit about, you know, when you were at that top level at the, before the games, the Olympic Games, what kind of training did it take to get there?
1: There was a lot and there was a lot of, uh, of uh, busy work too, but, um, you know, sometimes you have to go wax it from both ends to figure out where, where's your sweet spot. But, um, you know, Hey, we had quite, when I was training on, on, um, the U S team, we have, um, and I I believe they're still doing this plus more, um, you would wake up, do about 20,000 meters. So 20 K, um, on the water. And then you would come back, get something to eat, Possibly like three or, yeah, about three days a week, you would go back and do a second practice in the morning, so a.m. 2. And that would be, you know, sometimes you would go back out in the water or you would cross train for an hour um, or uh, lift weights and then go back home, usually pass out for about an hour or two. Actually, there's sometimes there where I took a four-hour nap in between. Okay. Um, And then we would... Meet back up for our third practice or second practice, you know, on four of the days um, in the later afternoon and hammer out another um, 20k or thereabouts, 16 to 20k, either on the erg or on the water. So, um, and it was pretty disciplined like that, having you know two afternoons off a week and, and Sunday off. So it was it was very regimented, um, and you know everybody did it. It was almost, you know, survivalist program, but it it worked. Mm -hmm. I I can't knock it because it it definitely gave us two gold medals.
0: Okay. So at at that elite level, I'm sure things like recovery and nutrition start to play a big role. When did you start getting interested in how nutrition affects your performance?
1: When I wasn't recovering. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, when I was getting injured and basically I was having the hardest time recovering from this, you know, high volume of a high volume program um which is generally, you know, as an athlete, that's the biggest battle. It's not um necessarily how hard can you go? It's how fast can you recover? Um and I started playing with it. And once I it was a the fall of 2007, um, my brother actually introduced me to CrossFit cuz he He said I was too skinny and then I actually, I needed to get stronger. And so I, you know, was super fan, was glued to the screen watching and reading all of the information that CrossFit was putting out about, you know, nutrition being the foundation of a good program, um, you know, or a good athlete. And so that's when I actually started looking into nutrition more than just, you know, reading, a a label um, in the grocery store, so um, that actually was what started started it, and you know, I had my own interpretation. I became my own nutritionist, but I was still flailing a little bit, and it wasn't really until um, two thousand and twelve when I met Brian. well, I met Brian in, in two thousand and ten um, he was working with me with movement, but then in two thousand and twelve um, He actually helped me dial in my nutrition, um, and that was when I became the guinea pig for 3Fuel.
0: Okay, so you were having some trouble recovering. Um, You discovered CrossFit, and then you met Brian, and he started to uh, put some hints in your mind that maybe you could tinker with your nutrition a little bit more. Brian, maybe you could go into that a little bit, but maybe be first, before we get to Aaron, tell me, tell the listeners a little bit about your background as an athlete and kind of how you got to this point where you're the expert, uh, the CrossFit expert and helping Aaron out with her nutrition.
2: Um, I, I was, a <clears throat> an avid athlete as a kid and into my early adult life. I, my, my, two main focuses the majority of my life were swimming and water polo um and then i that kind of transitioned into uh triathlon for a few years which then transitioned into ultra marathoning um at which point i was kind of we redeveloped a lot of things with how we approach strength and conditioning for endurance sports and even you know not, not non-endurance sports for things like swimming, um, which are pr- primarily short course things. Um, that said, um, uh, that, that was how we developed CrossFit endurance. And then we, um, I, I had always been tooling around with nutrition, uh, through this stuff. And as, as I was getting into triathlon, I, um, I, I got into coaching and and personal training and I kind of catapulted through the ranks of clientele and, and started working with more, I had filled up with clientele and before I knew it I was training trainers and then I was working with higher level athletes and then I opened my own facility and we kind of had had our own little testing ground um, and that was where we really started tinkering with a lot of the nutrition stuff and that's where I really found out that eating high carb wasn't necessarily the, the only option or best option for people to, um, be, util- be, be, using as their new, as their back, as their, um, their foundation for nutrition, especially within sports. That said, um, I, I had, I had played around with SFH for a number of years and, and we had helped kind of build their brand and, and we were using their products and they, and they make great products. Um, Jeff Layton is a, uh, he's he's a, a highly highly intelligent guy um doctor uh phd that um you know he he's just a mad scientist and he, and he created great products with what they did um and we were kind of helping them retool their endurance line and it was something at the time that you know i wanted to believe that for endurance events we could really we didn't need to use a lot of carbohydrates and um they uh, they had a product that was pretty damn good and we just couldn't agree on like how how good it was and they wanted to go with mark to market with it that being said they have a great product um for people who aren't look who, who i don't think are looking for that higher end level that said we we started toying with a carbohydrate, which, which is thermocarb, which is what is in three fuel. Um, and I I was asked by a friend of mine who, who actually had played a major role in the development of three fuel. Um, he, he kind of tossed some things at me and he was like, Hey, I know you're kind of the anti-carb guy right now, but why don't you take a look at this carbohydrate? Um, it's interesting because bodybuilders have used it for a number of years as a way to, create a glucose drip and get the body to burn fat versus catabolizing itself. And they take this stuff at night so they don't have to wake up in the middle of the night. And so we sent over the thermocarb which is an HDP waxy maze, and we started playing with that. And we found out really quickly that the thermocarb worked really, really well, especially for endurance events. Like, we couldn't get a bonk going. So that said, we also started, um, formulating proteins and we were looking for much faster absorbing proteins than concentrates because concentrates don't absorb that quickly. So, um, and, and most people we know have problems with digestion when they're training. So we, we looked into the, into the isolates and, and we found a hydrosolate, a, uh, a, a grass fed, um, whey hydrosolate that, um, really just empties out of the gut really, really quick. And so we, we mix that with some baby coconut milk, um, which create which was the MCTs, which is a medium-chain triglyceride, which is an immediately usable fuel source. It's almost like the, the rocket fuel of fats. Like it, 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 it isn't something your body is going to take in and store as fat. It's going to use it immediately as a source of fuel. Granted, it won't use it as fast as, let's say – you know, eating a piece of fruit, but it'll, it'll use the, the coconut, um, the, it'll use the medium chain fats pretty quickly as a fuel source. So we, we started mixing stuff and and we were all over the map with how we were mixing it and what we were doing. And we finally landed on a way on a formula that netted us like 20 grams each of the protein and carbohydrate. And then about five grams of the, um, the, the fats. And we found, we also added betine to it which helped which is something that's lost in sweat and we went out and continued to test this stuff uh for probably i th- i think it was right around nine months before we actually allowed anybody outside of our immediate circle to to even try it um, and, and Aaron became one of those people because Aaron and I had gotten involved and started dating and, um, she was tired of eating the crap that they were, that she had been eating before. And so we sent it out and her immediate worry being an Olympic athlete is the fact that she's tested. I think she was even tested probably five times when we were out in Princeton, which was only like a three month period. Um, and it. it her her immediate worry was if she was going to test positive and and the only you know from from our standpoint there's absolutely no way she would but you have to have you know understanding the mechanisms of manufacturing and what they're manufacturing at certain facilities and making sure it's clean and we we made sure all of that was 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 in line and so we got Aaron uh and I some samples to use out in Princeton prior to her training for the Olympics. And so we had had probably, I don't know, close to a dozen people that had tested it, but nobody at her level. And when she started using it, it just became the go-to for her to use, especially in the mornings, like right before practice. And and she uh, she did very, very well on it. And it was like literally a staple part of her training.
0: Okay, that's, that's a great story. So Brian, it sounds like you've always been open to experimenting with new things and Uh, and things like that. But here you have an elite athlete who's now your girlfriend. Uh, she's already, she has one gold medal. And were you ever nervous about, you know, trying something new on such a high uh, caliber athlete like that? You know, were you nervous it was going to go wrong? What gave you, you know, what gave you that confidence that this would work?
2: Cause I was, if it's going to work for me, if it's going to work for me and the 10 and the 10 other people that was working for, there's no reason it wouldn't work for her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that's, that's kind of the funny thing is just like, is, is a lot of people want to think that even though elite athletes are elite athletes, that, that most things that work for people who are normal or general public These are also things that are going to work for elite level athletes. There was no reason why it wouldn't work for somebody of her caliber. And and in fact, it it worked actually better for somebody at her caliber because it's so much more difficult for these athletes to get in the necessary food intake that they need in order to maintain recovery and get back to performing.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Brian, it sounds like you're always interested in, in theories and fundamentals, and, and once you get those basics down, you can kind of use that to help any athlete uh, reach their potential.
2: Yeah, I, 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 you've nailed it. I mean, even my coaching, like even with what we do from you know a um, strength and conditioning or even movement background, it's it's like, look, it's it's all about basics and fundamentals, and if you can't apply these things and toy around with them, then... It's really like there's no reason. Like if you can't stick to these things, even though you're going to get really complex with things, you shouldn't be playing around with the complexity of it. If you can't maintain the fundamentals of something.
0: Okay, Aaron. So would you agree with that as well? I mean, was there ever a time where you where you were nervous about trying this out? What was that like the first few times where you tested uh, three fuel?
1: Yeah, and he lied. He was he was totally nervous. He knew I would have dumped him if it didn't work. Um, yeah, you know, there was some hesitation, but for some crazy reason, I, I trusted, uh, trusted him. Um, obviously, you know, knew that he wasn't gonna try to hurt me, but, um, you know, it was just one of those things that I was like, you know, I know what doesn't work, but I don't really know what does. And I know what, there's a lot of people that don't, that think they know what work, what works, Um, but unless you try something different, you aren't really going to find out if there's anything better.
0: Right. Um, And, And it sounds like you were having a hard time recovering in the first place. Isn't that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, I, that was the battle that everybody, it wasn't just me. Um, everybody was having that, that issue. Um, so everybody was, you know, doing their own different little things and including myself and, um, nobody was really mastering it um so i'm like well let's keep on going back to the drawing board and see if there's anything else out there that can that can help rather than just you know hammering at something that is only working part of the time Mm
0: -hmm. so was this in the context of changing your overall nutrition or had you just added three fuel to the mix
1: um no i actually changed the overall nutrition as well um but that that came on um after. That came after, um, for sure, because I was down in um at the Olympic Training Center for about three months, um when I first met Brian and and um you know, there's right
2: now.
1: yeah, we're actually here now again, having a little um uh reunion. But uh you know, the the funny thing is is the Olympic Training Center and, and what the food they provide there, you can you can make, um, you can make good choices, but you can definitely make a lot of bad choices there. Um, so I wasn't really, I was just sticking to the general principles and, um, taking three fuel and felt a difference there. Um, but then when I went back home, um, to Princeton at the time was home, uh, Brian actually came back with me and said, okay, let's go to the next level. And um, started adding more fat, um, dietary fat, into my diet. So meaning, you know, it would give me a spoonful of of coconut oil, <laughs> to just down to hatch. Um, you know, more bacon, more more fat on the meat. You know, it would just sit there and be like, no, you need to eat that. And you know, especially, I mean, women especially but there are definitely men um who are afraid of fat and thinking that that will trans as a one to one um relationship which it's it's not um and i that was also a leap of faith as well i was like you know i in rowing um weight does matter a little bit and just that you need to be as strong as efficient as you can meaning like you had to be as strong um the, the stronger you are for your, your weight, the better, because then you're, you're moving, um, more boat. Um, but you know, it, it definitely was a leap of, a leap of faith to be like, all right, are you going to make me gain 15 more pounds by just eating all the, all this fat? And I it, it didn't. And so I definitely saw a change there too. And I was satiated finally. I wouldn't bonk. Um, and that, that, was the, that was my monitor at the time, is if my energy levels go up and down and up and down, um, especially the downs, I felt pretty hard at the end of a practice. And then when I started adding fats in, and, um, that didn't happen as much. I was, just, I was hungry, but I, I was ready to go.
0: Okay. Okay. That's pretty cool. So you, you test out three fuel and it's got some healthy fats in it from coconut oil. It has some healthy grass fed protein in it and you're feeling great during practice. So then you go back and you say, well, maybe I can make an overall change to my nutrition as well. And tell me, I mean, you mentioned coconut oil and bacon. Tell me what your meals are like on a daily basis. What kind of things are you eating to get those healthy fats in?
1: Let's see. In the the beginning of the day, I definitely have, uh, Something with avocado in it, um, you know, something I'll do coconut milk or coconut oil. Those are all really easy ones to do, you know, for breakfast or in the morning. Um, I add that to a, a greens um, type of smoothie and makes it nice and creamy. Um, then in the afternoon for lunch or late breakfast, you know, that's when I do the bacons or or the um the fattier cuts of meat. Um probably some more avocado <laughs> <laughs> and you know, olive oil, any kind of um, you know, healthy oil is, is good. All the olive oils, coconut oils, um what else am I missing? Seeds oils, um nut oils, those are pretty safe. Jeez. Um, cheese is another good one. Yeah. And dinner looks pretty similar to lunch. Um, so with that, you know, I actually, to be honest, erred on, on the side of going too hard, (laughs) too much fat as well. And, um, you'll, you'll know when you do that, um, when you have your alone time in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so therefore I had to up my, um, leafy greens, um, to, to, help my digestion of the fats as well.
0: Okay. So as you're doing this, are, is anyone else on your team trying to, you know, emulate what you're doing? They're seeing that you're recovering better. You're feeling better. You have more energy or are they still skeptical?
1: Um, skeptical, but I do recall, you know, especially when I was in, uh, San Diego, I remember walking into the locker room And people (laughs) looking into my locker, wondering what supplement I was taking, because obviously it wasn't natural the way I was recovering. (laughs) Um, Which I let them. I was like, "Yeah, go for it." You know, I'll take it as you know a compliment, I suppose. But um, you know, it's it's funny. It's it's just such a being. You know, competitive athlete is so funny cause it's hard. Everybody wants to, to go with what they know works. And it's like, you know, don't, don't mess with it cause it, it works. But a lot of them are, are just scared to fail and see what doesn't work, you know, sometimes. And, and that's, that's the, the big difference. There was, I, I did talk to some girls, um, who had nutritional concerns about what I was doing. You know, the coach sent them over but it's it's hard to follow through on. Um, I think the whole fat and, you know, media is doing a great job of helping kind of break that paradigm. But um, the whole fat makes you fat thing is, is a scary thing. Um, and you kind of just have to jump on board with it to see if it works for you or if it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, there wasn't too many uh, disciples, but... Um, after actually after, uh, London, I gotten quite, quite a few, um, old teammates and I'm doing some nutrition consultation with them now. So, um, so I guess in the, in the back end of it, when it really did follow through and I, I didn't get fat, they're like, Oh yeah, you go experiment on yourself. Have at it. Yeah. And we actually have two, there was another, there was a third that was an ambassador. Um, she went, she was going to do track cycling, but, um, now she's winning trail. Now she's doing. Now she's winning trail races. So, um, but she's on three fuel as well. So they they're definitely the the word is getting out.
0: Okay, okay. And for listeners who don't know this, you guys are actually married. So, who does most of the cooking?
1: I would say it's like 60-40. You are not sixty. <laughs> <laughs> Brian is really good at doing dishes. He Cook- loves it.
0: Okay, so uh and are you guys both on the same nutrition plan I'm guessing?
1: Uh no, actually. Brian um Brian is much higher fat. He he's much higher fat. He well, we'll have you tell him.
0: Yeah, yeah, Brian, tell about me it. about that. So you're higher fat than Aaron. So what are you eating uh to get that, you know, healthy fat intake up?
2: I eat a lot of butter, a lot of um I do red palm oil, I do uh coconut oil. That's typically in my morning. Um, I'll blend that either in coffee or with three fuel in coffee. Um, and then I won't eat anything. I won't need to eat anything until like lunch, even if I've trained. Um, and then from there, it's just, I'll, I'll eat a lot of leafy greens kind of lunchtime, like salad type of stuff, but I'll have a ton of avocado as well. Um, and some, some good meats, but my, my diet is really, really, really high in fat. I find that I thrive off of a higher fat diet.
0: Okay. Um, so are you in ketosis then? Is that what it is? No,
2: I'm pretty – yeah, I mean most days, yes, but I don't necessarily like like I, – I, I, I've been there and done that and I've done it a lot. Um, but I don't necessarily go and – like I won't shy away from a piece of fruit from time to time or I won't shy away from something that will kick me out that I – you know, because I go, I'll go right back in. Um, I'm just not afraid of stuff like that anymore. Whereas when I was trying to be in ketosis where I'd just be like, Oh my God, how many carbs are in that? Is there any fiber in it? You know? And it's just like, I'm constantly monitoring. I was constantly monitoring stuff like that and I hate it. Um, I like just eating the higher fat diet. Um, it just, it does, it bodes well for me. Um, and, and I just feel a lot better versus eating a lot of carbs and things like that. I'm just not, I just don't feel as good when I do that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, but you know, I mean, yeah. But so like Aaron does not, Aaron cannot do a high fat diet like I can. Um, you know, she just does not assimilate the fat as well. And I know, and we've run into this issue with quite a few females where we've seen that they, they don't bode well on a really high fat diet, but males seem to bode a lot better on something like that. Um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, they're not going to do well on a little bit more carb intake, um, especially at the higher level. Um, you know, I mean, we do have, uh, elite athletes that, you know, we will have for the most part, what I like to do is, is, is we like to clean everybody out. And then I liked, I actually like to put people into ketosis and then slowly start to ramp up their carb intake, um, to find the sweet spot with their training, just dependent on their training. Um, I don't like to weigh and measure stuff. I like people to learn to what, what satiety is and learning how to take in as much as they need. So the performance is getting better. And as long as performance is the indicator, that's what we're looking for. Um, so that, that, that's, you know, that's kind of where I'm at with stuff.
0: Okay. So you mentioned there that you like to kind of get people clean. Now, Erin, it sounds like she started out just by adding the three fuel. So how do you recommend people go about using this? Do they need to switch to a high fat diet or can anyone? No, basically use no. A-
2: anybody, even a high carb athlete can, can use three fuel. Um, but the, the, the problem would lie where if they were using three fuel in an event or some training and then they were taking in, intaking, Sugar or something that has high glycemic carbs in it. Um, because those high glycemic carbs will, will, will instantly set you over into burning glycogen and trying to use up that glycogen versus continuing with the fat burning and staying at that higher revved up state of fat burning. So, and, and I've, I've actually tested all of that. Um, you know, I, I've done stuff with some of the Vitargo and, and I actually used to use Vitargo, uh, until I just became very, very, very insulin sensitive, um, to where I, I cannot take stuff like that anymore, or I will bonk within like 45 minutes. Um, and you know, it's that, that's where the problem will lie if you're using during training or, or event. Because your body can't switch back and forth that quickly, it can always switch over to burning glycogen very quickly, but it cannot switch back over to burning fat very quickly.
0: Okay, so Brian, uh, a few minutes ago, you mentioned that you like to use uh, three fuel in your coffee. I believe you said. Uh, tell me, yes. Tell me about some of you guys' favorite recipes for using three fuel.
2: Um, I, I th- my, our favorite, I think, is the pudding where I'll I'll take like two cans of. Uh, Of coconut milk and then uh, whole fat, yeah, as Aaron said. Um, And and I'll put that in a saucepan and put that on like a low heat. And as it starts to warm up, I'll add three fuel, like two scoops of three fuel in there. And we'll mix that in and then we'll add like half a cup to a cup of chia seeds, depending on the consistency that we want. And then pour that into Tupperware put it in the refrigerator and you've basically got a pudding that is like just loaded in fat and got about 20 grams of protein in it. Um, You don't need to eat that entire thing at one sitting, but that provides a great snack and something to eat and it does not last long. Um, If people are, are, are trying to get off of sugar and things like that, that is a great alternative, especially at night. To be eating because it literally won't. You're not going to jack up insulin levels. You're not going to deal with the. You won't get the sugar pangs because you're literally putting something into your belly and it's going to create a feeling of satiety pretty quickly. Um, the other ones like the three fuel coffee, where I'll put a scoop of three fuel in in with uh, my coffee and then I'll just add some butter and either some uh, coconut oil or some red palm oil.
0: Okay, and then you just put that up in a blender.
2: Just put that in a blender, hit it on high, and then just pour back into the coffee mug, and you've got a amped up version of coffee. It actually, with the because of the betaine, it creates a like a thermogenic effect, and you actually get a bigger uh, coffee buzz than you would normally get.
0: Okay, Aaron, how about you? Do you have any tips for people <laughs> using three fuel? How they should use it, say during competition or just on a daily basis?
1: Yeah, I like it, the the little chia pudding thing was actually suggested um, without the three fuel in it before by a, by a teammate of mine and then just threw the three fuel in there. That's a great way to do it. Um, I, I definitely like it before the workout or during, if you know you're going to have a have a long haul. Um, after, I mean, like, in, you know, it's now that I'm not uh, training full-time anymore and I'm coaching more, um, there's times where – food isn't readily available, um, and it is a great, you know, just hold you over type of meal. It has all the three macronutrients are are balanced pretty evenly. And so if I can feel my like, you know, mental capacities and physical capacities going, then I will definitely make it shake. And that's better than grabbing a bar of some sort or, you know, um, any of the other worse options. Um, But it definitely is, I would, I would use it for before or during long efforts. Um, And I've even seen that, you know, athletes who weren't eating particularly well um, before, like, you know, had a big bowl of oatmeal. Okay. We're going down the glycogen route. And then um, they would take three fuel in the boat with them rather than, you know, banana or goo chomps or whatever. And and they, It turned out that that was actually, they sustained way better um, than having, you know, keep on fueling the the sugar train.
0: Yeah, you know, you guys have given me and the listeners some great ideas about how to use 3Fuel and how you came up with it. It's a very interesting story. Do either of you have any final parting words about, you know, if someone's interested in trying this, but they're not quite sure, maybe they have a marathon or half marathon coming up, you know what are some words of wisdom that you could give them to maybe take a take a step and try something new and keep experimenting
1: try it in training <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the best advice and it's something that seems so simple but a lot of people are like oh yeah no i'm 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 going to get this i'm going to save it up for my marathon but don't don't wait till your competition to try something new because like i said don't you shouldn't be afraid of things not working um, either, but you just, you, you gotta give yourself, be smart, give yourself the buffer in case it doesn't work.
2: Yeah, I would, uh, I, just in piggybacking on that, I, I think people should start it, it, it really two hours before they train and then start. And then, and then by taking three fuel, um, you know, take it two hours prior to training, then, then try 90 minutes, then maybe try an hour, then maybe try 30 minutes. And, and that's really how it's supposed to be used is when it, you take it prior to training so that you can, you can really get the benefits of it and then you can eat real food afterwards. And that's, that's where the cornerstone of this and, and why we did it, the way we did it was because it was something because most people who show up to train do not are, are, are working out in a fasted state. In fact, not, fasted not in a good way. Like people who have literally been at work, you know, and ate lunch, and then they go to work out at 6 p.m. So it's six hours later. They already have nothing in their gut, and they're basically catabolic at that point. Then they get dizzy, and then they take it afterwards, and then they go eat dinner. And yet they've had, you know, they just had a fast acting protein, and now they're going to go eat another protein, and they're going to, they just had fat, and they're going to add more fat. And it's just like, versus, you take this stuff prior to training, you're already setting up the recovery process, which allows you to go eat food as soon as you want because your body's already starting to absorb what it is that 3 Fuel is designed to do.
0: Great, great. Well, uh, both Brian and Aaron, thanks so much for being on the podcast today to share with uh, the listeners about how to use 3 Fuel, You know what actually goes into it, and how it can help athletes during competition.
2: Thanks for having us, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron.
0: You've been listening to Three Fuel podcast. For more information, go to threefuel.com or follow us on Instagram and Twitter with the handle threefuel, or find us on Facebook, facebook.com/threefuel. Thanks for listening.